It's time to travel with Anita. From across town to around the world, she covers it all. Spanning the globe for more than four decades, Anita has been to over 100 countries and territories and is the host of the Lowell Thomas Bronze Award-winning podcast, Quarter Miles Travel. From load transportation fares to travel insurance concerns, safety to savings, Anita gets you there and back with a smile along the way. Now, here's the host of Travel with Anita, Anita Thomas. Hello, 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 and welcome aboard Travel with Anita and Friends. Happy Earth Day to everyone. You know, travel has been about visiting beautiful places around the world and experiencing all the things that we dream of doing. However, the pandemic did cause us to pause travel a little bit, some of our travel dreams, but now the travel is coming back stronger after several years of kind of slow and local travel, there is more concern over over tourism and the impact of many visitors to one destination and what that does for the environment, for wildlife, as well as the communities that may suffer. So the interest in sustainability and conservation is not something new, but certainly it's becoming a lot more of importance and focus for travel brands, destinations, and travelers as well, because we're starting to realize the importance of acting now to save the precious aspects of why we love to travel. So the words sustainability and conservation are key words, as I just mentioned in the travel industry. Most have sustainability and conservation policies, but what is sustainable travel and why is it so important? So let's dive into that today. It's Earth Day, so it's a perfect time to really look at that. So sustainable travel refers to eco-friendly travel behaviors in support of limiting the negative impacts that travel and tourism can have on the natural environment as well as local communities. And one of the primary goals of sustainable travel is to help conserve the amount and the quality of natural resources, preserve cultures, and protect the destinations for future generations of travelers. We want to do that. We can't suck it all up ourselves. Some cultures and environments are affected more than others, of course. Not only is the concern for over-tourism, which can damage the, uh, the physical kind of environment that we visit, but also understanding some of those small practices that we can do that impact the places that we go. Now, I know we hear all the time about, you know, single-use containers like plastic bottles uh, being a problem but there are so many other things that we can do as well. Now, another word that I'm hearing a lot this year, 2023, is conservation and making sure that your carbon footprint is not too too big. So let's talk a little bit about that as well because carbon footprints, what is that? Now, it's defined as the amount of greenhouse gas emissions that are caused or generated by what the things that we do maybe flying or driving, the exhaust is put out into the, into the environment, into the air. So it's a quick way of estimating the potential environmental impact that we contribute as we move about just really doing our daily lives. So it's not only about travel when we think about the carbon footprint. Now, 2023 has been my year of getting started, or should I say, getting smarter <laughs> about the things that I do around conservation and sustainability. So it speaks really to the importance of preserving cultural identities, traditions, language, cuisine, communities, all of those things for me. So after all, because when we visit a destination, whether it's for vacation or sometimes we may be going for other reasons, we want to make sure that 
when we go there, we are respectful of those places we visit because it's home to some people. And once we leave, the residents are still there. They still live there. So it's important to keep that in mind because over time, the traditional ways of life can fall by the wayside for more tourists or visitors or travelers, uh, new ways of doing things to ensure that you have them coming back, especially from the business side of what travel offers. And that's important because communities in destinations do depend on the travel dollar. Now back to the good side of the influx of travelers and the influx of, of visitors. Many places, like I said, depend very heavily on it. So sustaining communities via travel is key to the survival of many destinations. And what happens next is establishing a way to work in what I call harmony of tourism, of travel, the environment, wildlife, culture, just all of those things because the business side is very important. Now, does this sound like a vicious circle to you? I know it does to me, but it really is a complex idea. Many destinations, though, are getting on board and doing some good things. So let's talk a little bit about that, about how some of these destinations are combining, uh, making sure that the business side is there for communities, but also taking into consideration wildlife and other things like that. So I'm going to start with somewhere close by because I know if you're like me, you enjoy going down to the coast of Georgia. We have great barrier islands there that are still very pristine. So it's a lot of conservation right there uh, on our Georgia coast. But Jekyll Island is doing something really great in terms of wildlife. The Georgia Sea Turtle Center is located on Jekyll Island and their conservation program is all about making sure that turtles are taken care of. Whether it is the Turtles being born right there on the shoreline and also taking care of those turtles that may need rehabilitation. As a matter of fact, 12 rehabilitated sea turtles were recently released uh, from the center there. So they're doing a lot to make sure that we understand our impact when we're visiting the island. Now, there are also opportunities to learn more about conservation and wildlife by doing ranger-led walks there on Jekyll Island. That way we can learn a lot about conservation, sustainability, along with having a little bit of fun and learning things. Now, Yank Moore, who is the Director of Conservation for Jekyll Island Authority on the Georgia coast, has shared some tips that can help us make sure that we get actively involved. And I'll share some of those as we go along the show. Now, Las Vegas is one of my favorite places to visit. And in Las Vegas, the Venetian hotel properties, you will find that 100% of the electricity used is powered by renewable energy sources. They also reduce water usage by 7.5%, which is equal to 82 Olympic-sized pools. Yep, you heard me right. That's a lot of, lot of water saving there. And 100% of the food waste is sent to a local pig farm. How great is that? And also, over 700,000 meals are donated to community partners throughout the year. So they're doing great things. Now here's another destination you can consider in terms of places to go where conservation and sustainability is really a part of their plan. The Gulf Shores in Alabama, a favorite part of visiting a destination with water activities is a chance to see the animals in their natural habitat. 
and Gulf Shores has started the Dolphin Sightings, which is a very popular and exciting experience for you to take part on a glass bottom boat so you can actually see them. They also go out on catamarans and cruises and kayaks and several other ways to get out and about to see the dolphins in a way that's not disturbing them very much. And they've started something called the Dolphin Smart SMART program, which includes telling you how to go about making sure that you're not touching them or if you're swimming and you come upon a wild dolphin, what you should do. You learn all about feeding as well. Up in Northern Virginia, in Arlington, they're leading the way in virtual farming with two very successful urban farms, both in warehouses that were once industrial spaces. Fresh Impact Farms and Area 2 Farms both specialize in curated microgreens and edible flowers. Doesn't that sound delicious? Along with a variety of traditional produce and greens. And they are selling, of course, to both CSA audience, whether the general public can buy, as well as some of DC's finest restaurants. But both have a focus on sustainability and unique farming techniques that are environmentally friendly, as well as culinarily friendly too. And I'm gonna stop here and take a little bit of a break. But before I do, I wanna ask you a question. What year was the first Earth Day? Think about that for a minute. Now, I'll be back in a few minutes here, but while I'm away, I want you to think about that question during the break, and I'll share the answer when I come back. You're on Travel with Anita and Friends. Back in a few minutes. Sustainability, conservation, preservation, carbon footprints, so many words, but where's the action? When it comes to travel, who's putting action to those words? Welcome back to Travel with Anita and Friends. Now today is Earth Day, so happy Earth Day, which marks the anniversary of the birth of the modern environmental movement that we all hear about, which started in 1970. Today there is more and more travel than ever before. And some travel brands, meaning hotels, tour companies, airlines, etc., are all doing a great job of reducing the effects of heavy travel on the destinations that we love going to. And choosing travel with sustainability and conservation as your attitude is our first step to answering the questions, what can I do? So during this segment, I really would like to talk a little bit about more of those destinations that do have plans in place. And one of my favorite destinations, you all have heard me talk about it before, is the Outer Banks of North Carolina. I love it there. Their coastal public lands are a great resource for hiking, wildlife viewing, fishing, relaxing, really so much more. There's a little bit of everything. But wait now, because of this, that's the reason why we want to go and visit. They have created what they call the seven leave no trace principles for us, for the visitors, to ensure the sustainability and conservation of their land and their natural resources. They have created what they call the seven leave no trace principles for us, for the visitors. I'm sure that the local residents adhere to them as well. Now these principles remind us to be conscious of the effects of our actions on the environment and really can be applied anywhere. 
So the Outer Banks' seven principles of leave no trace are, number one, plan ahead and prepare. Two, travel and camp on durable surfaces. Dispose of waste properly. If there are things that are recyclable, make sure that you put them in the recyclable bin. Leave what you find. Collecting shells and collecting things on the beach and in the forest, it's not always a good thing, so leave what you find. Number five, minimize campfire impact and make sure that you are extinguishing all fires once you're finished. Number six, respect the wildlife. Number seven, be considerate of other visitors. Now these are very easy to follow and ensure conservation is top of our list for fun and enjoyment. Now another part of sustainability is preserving food waste and additionally also ensuring sustainable food practices are another way for travel brands to step up. Now, there are two hotels that are featuring unique ways to produce food items. The Royal Sinesta Harbor Court in Baltimore has 30,000 honeybees thriving on their rooftop garden. Any honey that is produced in excess of what the bees need for their survival is repurposed in creative dishes at their restaurant. The Cliff Royal Sinesta in San Francisco sits high above the city with beehives housing over 10,000 honeybees and they use the honey for the hotel's craft cocktails and also some other delicious treats as well. Now moving over to Europe, there's the Sani Resort in Greece. It is an award-winning property. They have been awarded the world's leading luxury green resort by the Royal Travel Awards in 2022 for the fourth year in a row. Now what they have going on there is that over 60% of their produce for their meals comes from within 100 miles of the resort. Now that's cutting back on carbon footprint and sustaining the local communities and the local farmers. Talk about farm to table approach. Now the Intercontinental in Phuket at their resort, they are part of the IHG hotels and they have adopted along with all of the other IHG properties, something called the Green Engage. You know, travel is really dependent on the health of the local communities, environment, culture, and at the Intercontinental Hotel Group, they have worked to create hotels that have shared values of culture, communities, and the business of travel. All three of those, and they're calling it their Green Engage system, which allows them to design, build, and run even more sustainable hotels. Thumbs up to the Intercontinentals. Now, you guys know I love selling. You hear me talk about it all the time. I'm always going on a cruise. And two of my favorite cruise lines are Scenic and Emerald Cruises. They have installed on their latest ships a docking mechanism that is less impactful on the coral and the reefs in the areas where we like to go sailing, those beautiful seas around the world. And how about a little closer to home? San Antonio, the buildings are not torn down, but they're used for new purposes. They're repurposing buildings instead of tearing it down and then going to the expense and all of the uh, impact on the environment of building something new. So the Hotel Emma was formerly a brewery. So they took a brewery and turned it into a hotel. Now going out to California, California has a lot going on out there in terms of sustainability and conservation. But in the city of San Luis Obispo, it has been recognized for decades as a tree city 
USA by the Arbor Day Foundation. What they're doing is they're leading the way to a sustainable future with what they're calling Keys for Trees. It's an initiative that is not just about Arbor Day, but for every day of the year. A portion of the city's hotel revenue from overnight stays will be used to continuously plant trees. Their goal is to have 10,000 trees planted throughout the city by the year 2035. Now, that's a goal that has a carbon neutral approach to sustainability. But what more can we do as individuals? I mean, I know you're probably asking that, all of this is good, but as an individual, what can I do? Now, I mentioned some of the things that the Outer Banks is doing. They have a great list of seven principles that they have established in the Leave No Trace Behind. But here are a couple of other things that we can do. Before planning to go uh, on your trip, research your destination and choose those that prioritize sustainability and conservation tourism. Choose activities that allow you to connect with the environment and gain a greater understanding of the local culture and the community. Respect those local customs and traditions. Learn more and abide by the local laws, the ordinances, and the regulations. They're usually there for a purpose and not to destroy your fun, but for a purpose for the people that call these places home. Reduce your carbon impact and your carbon footprint by choosing eco-friendly transportation. How about electric vehicles or public transportation or even biking? Going to bike-friendly destinations on purpose to cut back on that. And minimizing waste and energy use. Support your local businesses and communities by shopping locally and choosing sustainable tourism options. Leave no trace behind by avoiding littering, minimizing your impact on the natural areas, and properly disposing of waste, including broken beach chairs and umbrellas, toys, and all of those things. Don't just leave them scattered, dispose of them. Become more informed and aware of brands who are making significant progress in conservation and support those companies. Buy sustainable products, those which are made from either recycled items or that are made from materials that can easily be recycled. Searching the web for places to visit and stay, check out the, their sustainability policies on their website. Plan routes ahead of time to minimize idle fuel consumption. Use climate-friendly fuels when available. Check the menu for sustainable food options. When traveling, volunteer to help build and support a community. And most of all, absorb the local culture, finding appreciation for the inherent uniqueness of the people, the places, and their cultural traditions. Ensure that those cultures stay alive because that is part of conservation and sustainability. And most of all, always clean up after yourself. Now a trip to one of these destinations with conservation protocols can be high on your list and filled with all of the fun that you could possibly have. There's no need to worry about unforeseen situations popping up because when I travel, I always take my travel buddy. They're taking care of all of the worry. Now who is my travel buddy you say? Well, that would be Alliance Travel Insurance. They're with me on every trip and they can be your travel buddy too on every trip. Check out their annual coverage options at their website, alliancetravelinsurance.com. I'll stop here, but I have another question for you to ponder during the break. What three countries emit the most carbon? Think about it, and I'll be back here on Travel with Anita and Friends in a few minutes.
carbon footprints. You hear that everywhere, but making sure we are conscious of how we travel is something that we can all do. Welcome back to Travel with Anita and Friends. Now, India, China, and the United States emit the most carbon, but there are cities around the U.S. working to make a difference, to make a change, to do better for our environment, which in turn will also keep travel fun and fulfilling. Do you like that? I know the answer is yes. It is for all of us. I had a chance to chat with Morgan Mingo, Director of Sustainable Tourism for Park City, Utah. The recent initiatives are well on the way to making a big difference. I asked Morgan to start our conversation by telling us what they define as sustainability. Yeah, so the way that we really think about sustainability and really sustainable tourism is by thinking of it from three different lenses. So we consider what people generally think about sustainability, environmental sustainability of you know protecting the earth, uh, recycling is really only one piece of that. There, are, the other piece of sustainability is you know making sure that we are preserving community character, that we are supporting the local community, and making sure that they feel like they're thriving. And then the third piece is really making sure that the the destination has sustainability from an economic perspective. So, are we ensuring that our local businesses? have the business and have the support that they need to economically thrive into the future. It's really bringing that community piece into it is really so important because I always say when we go traveling, we are visiting someone's home (laughs) for us it's a vacation, but it's home for, for someone else. It's so essential. And, you know, all three of those pieces are completely interconnected. I don't think you can have one without the other. Hmm. It really is all about finding those balances that we're not overemphasizing one piece of sustainability to the detriment of another. And I I love what you're saying about how, you know, you're visiting someone else's home whenever Mm -hmm. you're going to a destination. A lot of how we think about how we accept and welcome visitors here in Park City, understanding that there's so much to celebrate and enjoy about Park City, but also inviting them to help take care of this place as visitors to our home. And to really feel a sense of of ownership to celebrate the things that make Park City special. Well, I understand that you all just recently started a 10-year sustainability tourism plan that I'm sure is well underway because you started back, what, about six months ago now, I believe. So tell us a little bit about it and also how it's going six months into, into the plan. Yeah, so our plan was officially released and approved approximately six months ago but it's a long time in the making. So we started the process of creating that long range strategic plan for sustainable tourism almost two years ago. And it involved a lot of steps to really understand how the community and the workforce is feeling about tourism in our local community. We wanted to make sure that we understood objectively what was happening on a lot of different metrics and measures. We worked with the Global Sustainable Tourism Council to do an initial objective assessment of where we fall on different sustainability measures. And we used all that information to work with a big group of community stakeholders to look at all the data in front of us, have an understanding of how different different locals and different populations here are feeling about the tourism economy and say, okay, there are some things that we're doing really great here, and there are some things that are still pain points. 
and how can we look over the next 10 years to create this vision for Park City that is supporting environment and community and prosperity for local people. In a group of stakeholders, um, we're called the Destination Stewardship Council. It has representatives all the way from small locally owned businesses to residents that really are involved in the tourism economy to uh, folks that work in our local governments to you know really get a well-rounded understanding as part of the planning group. You know, since that plan was released six months ago, we have really hit the ground running. And in fact, you timed this call really well. Uh, because I just had a follow-up meeting with the Stewardship Council for the first time since our intensive planning process mm -hmm. to celebrate a lot of the good work that we've done over the last six months. And it's really incredible the amount of collaboration that's happening in our community as a result of the planning process to make very real and very measurable change in some of those pressures that a tourism economy, you know, just naturally brings to a community. But what does this mean for tourism and travelers coming to your area where, you know, outdoor adventure is, is really top of the list? Yeah, I think what visitors can see changing over the next, honestly, few months and few years as this plan unfolds is they're going to see increasingly clear information on how to better support our community and what opportunities are out there to really engage with some of the, the small things that make Park City special. And I think right now what we're really focusing on is making sure our messaging is really clear and concise. I think you know, a great example of that is previously, we have a number of trail managers here in Park City um, that help groom the winter trails as well as maintain trails and trailheads for hiking and mountain biking all over Summit County where we're located. And previously, all of those different trail managers had their own websites where they would post trail updates and trail conditions and uh, you know, let both locals and visitors know what's happening on the trails. And as a result of this plan, we've brought together all of the trail managers in the area to create one website with comprehensive information on all of the trails in the area in Park City. And so where a visitor might come before and, you know, go to a trail, but not quite know where to get the latest updates or details or understand parking or public transit options to get to those trailheads, we now have a one-stop shop to make it really easy for visitors to understand how to get around and what's happening with all of those different trail networks, which are really extensive and impressive. So um, we're really excited for that project. And I think it's a great example of really work together as a community to create a clear picture and a clear message for visitors. It has some trail etiquette education that's included in that. I think a, a piece, especially for people that might just be visiting mountain communities, they often don't have uh, an understanding of right of way when on trails, who to yield to and who to prioritize. Um, another program that's being folded into this new website is a lot of our more popular trailheads now have cameras that are posted in those parking lots and on, on the trailheads. And what that is going to allow people to do is look ahead of time and see if there's parking available. They'll be able to see if that trail is muddy and maybe they should pick a different trail so that they don't um, disrupt the trail surface too much. It really is about 
making sure that people understand before they get to the trailhead, both what's expected of them and setting expectations so they can understand that like, ooh, it, this trail is actually pretty crowded. Maybe I should look at other options using this website to help disperse those visitors a little bit more too. Excellent. I love that. Excellent. Excellent. And what about wildlife? Are there any wildlife conservation concerns in your area? Yeah, this area is really lovely. It has very rich wildlife, especially with moose and elk. Um, a lot of what we try and do with visitors is just make sure they understand how to appropriately act around those wildlife. As adorable and awkward as moose look, they're also incredibly dangerous. Right. And so, and so we we want to make sure that people understand um, what sort of space they need to give local wildlife. This is, it's a wild place. It, it's trails in the mountains and you're going to encounter um, all sorts of wildlife potentially. And so we really want to make sure that that visitors understand expectations on how to both keep wildlife safe and to stay safe themselves. Is there a great website for that? Yeah, I think visitparksity.com is a great resource to get a sense of what all there is to do here in Park City. Park City is making it happen. Now remember to travel with your travel buddy. My travel buddy is Alliance Travel Insurance. They partner with airlines, hotels, and travel agencies. Check out their website, alliancetravel.com. And here's another question. Recycling one glass bottle saves enough energy to power a computer for 45, 35, or 25 minutes. Back in a minute, you know, travel with Anita and friends. When choosing a destination, learning a little more about their sustainability programs is a great way to ensure that you can support their initiatives. Welcome back to Travel with Anita and Friends. Now it's easy to put out that computer and research sustainable destinations. Did you know that recycling one glass bottle saves enough energy to power a computer for 25 minutes? Wow. Now, Barbados is a place that is setting standards and approaches to make sustainability more than just keywords. They have programs that can help visitors emerge themselves into the day-to-day -day components of what's important to the people who call Barbados home. I spoke with UC Skeet, director of USA with Barbados Tourism. My first question for him was how does Barbados define sustainability and conservation? I think for us, uh, it really is a little unique the way how we look at sustainability. I know for a long time, there's always been this perception that when people think of sustainability, the automatic thing is thinking about green and mm -hmm. going green. But in Barbados, we look at it in a more holistic way, which embraces the full scope of sustainability. So we look at it from the social impact, the cultural impact, and of course, monetary impact that that will have on the destination as well. So it's really about ensuring that we... Uh, preserve uh, our cultural assets, that we preserve the opportunities for our people to thrive within the destination. And of course, that we're taking all of the necessary steps to ensure that as a destination, that we recognize, one, the fact that we are a destination that's susceptible to lots of different kind of uh, environmental challenges, given the fact that we are a small island developing state. So one of the things that we have done is really look 
at how we as Destination One can protect our environment, our reefs. So we do a lot of planting of new reefs in the island. We plant a lot of trees in the island as well. We've actually started a mission to plant a million trees uh, a year in the destination. And these are not just uh, just regular trees, but we're also looking at planting a lot of trees as well that bear fruit. So like food yeah. producing trees as well. So I think that's a very important component of some of the things that we're doing as it relates to sustainability. And then we look at reducing food wastage. Uh, one of the things that you will find is that we've adopted a very strong uh, farm to table and bait to plate kind of a concept. And a lot of our local chefs have really been looking at how they can reduce food wastage by using so many things that you typically might throw away and creating phenomenal delicacies out of them. So we recognize the importance of food security. So that's another area that we've really uh, placed a lot of attention to. And then ensuring through the establishment of a lot of these villages within our communities, that's focused on ensuring that the people from within that community are the ones that are benefiting. So they're the ones who are creating uh, sustainable tourism initiatives within their communities. Uh, they are the beneficiaries of the profits that might come from both visitors and locals visiting those communities, purchasing some of their products. Uh, engaging with them from the services that they offer, et cetera. So it's really a holistic approach that we've adopted uh, in the destination when we look at sustainability. Because when we people come to Barbados, we don't want them to just feel as though, you know, they're just taking a trip to the destination, but that they're immersing themselves into an experience that really pays uh, a lot of attention to the overall quality of life and quality of the experience for persons who live on the island, but also for persons who are visiting the island as well. And that is not a mandate that is taken lightly. It is not just something that we look to our hotel partners to fulfill, but it's really about how do we get every single person involved, being responsible uh, visitors and being responsible citizens of Barbados as we seek to protect uh, every single component of our country and, and of our destination for visitors and locals alike. Oh my goodness, you see, you have said so many things that I so agree with. First, starting with, you know, sustainability and conservation really does extend past what we tend to think, just, you know, green and making sure that we don't use so many plastic bottles and that type of thing, but also to cultural communities, because tourism really is what sustains many of the communities where tourism is a big part of your economy. And I know Barbados that, you know, that's the case. What are some of the things that you'd like to see us do when we come for a visit? Definitely we would want you to come and immerse yourself into the culture and really meet the people, engage with the people, understand the things that are important to our people and really, you know, take a hands-on approach in your experience in terms of engaging with locals. But we would encourage you to come and plant a tree. Uh, that's something that, you know, like I said, is very important to us. So there's opportunities for you to plant trees when you come to the island. Uh, we would like to encourage you. We have a turtle nesting project. Uh, we have turtles in Barbados that are being coming extinct. So we've also developed a very robust program around uh, protecting the turtles. Enjoy the island, but also contribute as well. And then, of course, support locals, support local products, support local services, enjoy a lot of the local experiences as well, because that certainly contributes to not just the livelihoods of the person that you might be supporting or purchasing an item from, but it also allows for the trickle-down effect throughout the economy as well. And I think that's one of the beautiful things 
about Barbados as a destination is that there's so many locally owned experiences and things that you can do on the island that you really are giving back to the society just by a visit, right? And just by going and trying food from our local chefs, uh, going to some of our community villages, uh, going to a place like Oysin's Fish Fry, for example, where you are directly engaging with uh, local vendors who are producing something that Barbados is known for, which is our amazing food as well. So I always recommend to persons coming to the destination that it's important that you leave the resort and that you really get out and experience all that the island has to offer. And when you get back, tell someone about it and then come back and visit us again. Experience living in the moment and certainly uh, through those uh, efforts that I would have shared uh, as it relates to the tree planting and the turtle nesting and and so forth. Those are other ways that you can uh, tangibly uh, give back. I understand that uh, the government is looking to target 30% of Barbados to be dedicated to marine management. So I would think that also includes the turtles, or is that something separate? Yeah, absolutely right. And I think that is looking at coral restoration. Uh, it includes community planting, turtle rescues, marine conservation as well, and other activities that would be really much focused on restoring the natural environment. Uh, so with this designation, which I think is so important and timely, I think that is really an opportunity for persons who are coming to the island and the initiatives that are led by the government. And I think this is a salient point is that typically when people think about a lot of these initiatives, you don't necessarily have a government's champion it, championing it in the way that our government has championed this. And I think our prime minister, uh, she is uh, a huge advocate uh, when it comes to climate change and building climate resiliency and so forth. And I think that in itself, right, is testimony to the level of commitment that we have in ensuring uh, the preservation of our, of our country, uh, the preservation of our marine environment, and obviously recognizing that if we don't protect our marine in, environment, the deleterious impact that that might have on you know, our country as a whole. One of the other things that I would want to point out as well, uh, beyond the marine preservation and so forth, uh, there's also a lot of work that we're doing um, as a destination when it comes to the whole idea of, you know, becoming carbon neutral by mm -hmm. 2030. That's a, a goal of the destination is to become carbon neutral by 2030. And also the utilization of how we've been able to utilize solar panels. And one of the interesting things that I love is the fact that we have some of our rum distilleries that are using solar panels to help in, you know, their their production on in these uh, facilities. And I think that's incredible how much foresight they've had. And being home to the world's oldest rum, I think it's only right that we continue to revolutionize uh, how we adapt to you know these new types of uh, whether it's technology or these new opportunities that will help us in reaching our goal as it relates to becoming uh, carbon neutral. Now I know I'm ready to come, but how can people find out more information about coming for a visit to Barbados? So they can visit our website, which is www.visitbarbados.org. 
and there they'll be able to gain lots of great insights around the experiences that are offered on the island. Uh, so we have lots of accessibility uh, to the destination. So it's very easy to get to the island, but I must warn your listeners, it's a whole lot harder to leave because <laughs> uh, they're certainly going to be enjoying every single moment of the experience. He's absolutely right. Barbados is the place. And so are all of the other destinations mentioned today. Thanks for listening today. Happy Earth Day. I'll be back in two weeks with another great destination. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Travel with Anita. For more, log on to her website, travelwithanita with two ends.com. And listen to her award-winning podcast, Quarter Miles Travel, wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Anita will be back in two weeks with another exciting adventure for you and your travel buddies. So keep those passports updated and remember to always travel safe and travel smart. Right, Jack? Ah, ah.